he does. Well, what a privilege it is to have a brother and sister Kilman. We've known the Kilman family for years, the Turner family for years, for that matter. Sister Kilman and her family. And they are such a blessing to the kingdom of God. Uh, brother Kilman is the dean of biblical studies at, at Indiana Bible College. So he's impacting the lives of young people. I'm thankful for that because he definitely impacted us this week, Friday and Saturday. We heard some awesome things. Amen. From separation and holiness to is the Bible the Word of God. And man, when you see the evidence, you just I just sat there yesterday just, wow. People saying the Bible doesn't mean anything and God's Word's not real. Man, wow. They just don't know what I know. <laughs> Come on. And it's our, it's our responsibility to share the good truth of God's Word. And Brother Kilman's coming today. I want him to take his liberty. I want him to just do what he feels like doing. He can close as many times as he wants and open it back up and just keep on preaching. We want him to take his liberty. Would you welcome Brother Bobby Kilman to this pulpit today to preach to us? Well, praise the Lord, everybody. My dad's a good old Kentucky plowboy, and he says, if you didn't feel that, all your dogs ain't on the porch. Amen. Aren't you glad you know what you know? Aren't you glad that of all the people on the earth seeking genuinely, genuinely with hunger in their heart, you ready? You know what you know about God. We used to sing a song when I was a kid, and it's not very good English, but it's great singing. Ain't nobody got a right like the children of the Lord who off a little bit and be unapologetic and say you don't know what he's brought me through you don't know what he's done in my life and if you did you would understand why I act the way I do he's a good God amen 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 well let me just say to today that it's a tremendous privilege and an honor to be here with your pastor and his sweet wife and their impact on our family, and I'll, I'll resist the urge to go into that too deeply. Uh, but Brother Gene was uh, very, very pivotal in my, my, uh, one of my siblings' life, my sister, who I love very much. And he, is, he was instrumental in helping her uh, solidify and, and walk through some things. Brother Gene, I appreciate you and your family. Sister Gene, the impact that you guys had on her very much. And then to my good friend Kyle and Amanda Kelly, we appreciate them very much. As long as he doesn't tell my Bible study school stories, I won't tell his. But it's great to see a man of faith and a woman of faith that are doing the will of God. And You know, not, not all of them are doing so good, Brother Kyle. But boy, when I travel, there is a lot of people that we went to school with that are giving their lives to apostolic ministry. And I want to thank you for your contribution to the kingdom of God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're in church. Now, I'll just tell you, and I promise I'm going to let you be seated. If you turn in your Bibles to Exodus 6, we'll go there to the Word of the Lord. We're going to read three short verses, and then I'll jump in. But let me just say that I, I go to a wonderful church, and you come to a wonderful church here that has helped me raise my, my boy and helped me solidify my faith. And, 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 you know, services like today, where the music gets here way ahead of us, and and preachers are got it kind of easy because we can practice by ourselves and, and pray by ourselves rather and, and, and kind of dig into the word. But 
other groups have to get here together and manage schedules. And way before you got here this morning, there was a whole lot of people doing a whole lot to make sure that you have a church to walk into. Would you give all of those people a hand and every Sunday school teacher that... Brother Gene, help my boy be saved. You know, to every youth worker who sacrifices to do fundraisers and like Brother Gene says, some of you are paying not for them, I understand. But thank God for the ability to give my children, my, my boy, a drug problem. We drug him all over the country to good meetings and camps and conferences because we want him to know who he is. Amen, amen. Thank you for this honor, Brother Gene. I, I, I can count it an honor to be in your pulpit. The Bible says in Exodus, Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his lands. Your God can be so powerful, he can make your enemies hurry your victory. God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. Now I'm going to preach, Brother Gene, you just set me up. And, and whoever was uh, MC and Rev, you, you could have just kept going. I could have sat over there and it would have been a good day to be at church. But I, I just want to try to add my little bit to what's already been said today. I, I want to preach on a little bit. Revelation is encounter. Now, we've been here for a while. Would you pray with me that the Lord will give us, I know my time and I'm going to be kind and I'm going to let you go to lunch. But I do feel like I want to encourage somebody's faith today. So could we pray that the Lord anoint these last few moments of this service, Lord? We thank you for the opportunity to gather with this great, austere body of people. Your people, Lord, that are walking by faith, God. Every battle that's walked in here today, we pray that you would strengthen them for the fight. God, we ask you to minister, Lord, in these few moments we have left so somebody could see what you have available in the Spirit through the preached Word. God, we give you thanks for it. We give you honor and give you praise in Jesus' name. God bless you so much. You can be seated. Now, I don't know about you, but every once in a while when I'm reading the Bible, I hit a text. And I look at that, Brother Gene, and I go, what in the world is going on there? And so when you look at this passage in Exodus chapter 6, it's, it's, not that, uh, it's not that Moses did not know the covenant name of God because over 4,700 times it's used in the Old Testament alone, Brother Gene. And, and, and they knew what the name of God was. They knew the covenant name of God. So that's not what's going on in the text. As a matter of fact, all the way back in Jesus, uh, Genesis chapter 4, the Bible talks about men being called by the name of the Lord. And, and you're ready? They, 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 the people of covenant know the covenant name of God. And, and I'm not asking if you know about the name Jesus today. I want to know, do you know the name Jesus? And see, that's what is going on in this passage of Scripture. I, I, I think I can illustrate the point. I, there was a wonderful guy from uh, Brother Jeremy Cox's church up in Mankato. Brother Kyle, you know him really well. And, and uh, Brother Gene, I, you know him as well. And they're a great guy. He had this man, young man, Chris Arias come to IBC, and, and Chris was a great guy, but you could tell by his last name, he's Hispanic. 
And, and he doesn't care. About, I mean, he doesn't even know he's in Big Ten country. I know I'm not supposed to mention that here today. But he doesn't even know anything about any of that basketball. And football's not his thing. It's all FIFA, man. It's soccer. And so Chris was uh, at IBC trying to be a good student, pay for his bill. So he, he's working security. And they, and they station him one night at the field house. He doesn't know anything about that. He doesn't even know the history of that place. So there he is, Brother Gene, and, and they say, this is your job. We're going to put you at the end of this corridor, and behind you is all the offices, the executive offices, and your job is to not let anyone down here today. That's all you got to do tonight. And so Chris is standing there, and as he's standing there, this guy walks up to him, and he tries to pass him, and he says, he says um, I, I need to get through. And, and Chris says, I'm sorry, sir, I cannot let you through. Now, he should have known something because he was six foot nine. And he said, son, you see that picture up on the wall there, that big old mural up there? That's me. I'm Larry Bird. Okay, I love her, but I'm telling on her today, Brother G. My sister, Joy, was in line at an airport to head out to go to New York to preach a singles conference. And as she's getting on the plane, there's a guy in front of her, Jay Ray, and he looks at him, his eyes are just getting bigger and, and bigger and bigger. And he says, Joy, Joy says, what's going on? She said, he says, Joy, Peyton Manning is standing right behind you in line. And I kid you not, because she's loud. She doesn't have a quiet bone in her body. She says, who's Peyton Manning? And being the gentleman that he is, he turned around, she turned around, he stuck out his hand, he said, hello, my name's Peyton Manning, I'm your quarterback. Tread into dangerous water here. My sweet wife. Now, Brother Gene at our Christian, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going where angels fear to try. Uh, somebody else already shouted out something in Sunday school, I feel like I'm in good company. Whoever that gentleman was, me and you'll have lunch together because I'll be in trouble too. You ready? So there, there's my sweet wife. The, the Christian school, uh, the, the city has co- uh, uh, cooperated with them and, and let them go to certain events to raise money. And if you go and show up, they, get, they donate so many funds uh, to the Christian school. And they, go, they take many class trips, which is wonderful, to D.C. and all sorts of places they're able to do it. So the city's been very kind. And so there's my wife at the Indianapolis 500. And she's at the gate letting people through. And this guy pulls up in a, in a, in a pace car. And he's got this monster ring on his finger. And she doesn't look at it. Well, she, you know, just kind of there, there he is. And she says, sir, I need a ticket. And he says, you know, I, I don't have a ticket. I didn't even bring my wallet with me today. And, and, and he says, uh, she says, well, I don't know what to tell you. I can't let you in without a ticket. But about that time, the manager said, oh, no, no, it's okay, Mr. Foyt. A.J. Foyt, you know, he, he won uh, the Indianapolis 500 four times, considered to be in the top 50 car, NASCAR drivers in history. A.J. Foyt, there's an entire wing, baby, dedicated to A.J. Foyt at the Indianapolis 500. And my wife's like, you're not coming in. <laughs> See, what's interesting about those events is they're in the presence of someone, you ready? And they don't know what's available to them. Uh, Peyton Manning could have said, Brother Gene, to my sister, I'm going to win something for you in the future in just a little bit. You ready? And I may even have that victory inside of me waiting, and you don't even know who I am. 
And so what God is saying to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, he says, he says Moses, I understand that, that, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew me in some ways. He says, but Exodus chapter 6, verse 5 and 7 says, And I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. You ready? And what does that mean? I am the Lord that will bring you out from under the burdens of Egypt and will rid you out of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments and take to you for me a people and I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So what are you trying to say this morning, Brother Kilman? I'm just coming to remind somebody that what God is saying to Moses is, I I know you know my covenant name, but I'm going to demonstrate to you in a new way that you haven't seen before. You already preached about it, Brother Gene. And and, then God is saying, I'm going to demonstrate my, my character to you. And when you have that encounter, you are going to know who I am. Now, now I'm, I'm going to try to be kind. I, I've already had Bob, bad Bobby out this weekend a little bit. But let me just say, there are, there are a lot of people with a lot of... Now, you and I both went and studied, and we got some paper, and that's wonderful, right? But I'm going to tell you, you may not have a Ph.D., but there are people with Ph.D.s that know about God, but they don't know God. Because knowledge about God is not knowledge of God. You got to encounter Him. You got to know that He is a Savior and a Deliverer. And only those have the right to say, I know in whom I have believed. So let let me see if I can paint the picture. See, God reveals Himself. But you know, God's revelation isn't exhaustive, it's particular. Now, what does that mean? There's, I'm, it just means there's purpose in revelation. I'll go further. I'll say there's revelation in the absence of revelation. Now, I got a brother-in-law, Jeff. He has a PhD in inorganic, I never get this right, inorganic chemistry. And I thought, Rev, I thought, I've read stuff. You know, I think I went to school for a little while. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, Brother Gene. I think I'm going to read his dissertation. And I walked up to that thing. I got it open and I, I looked at it. And right in the first few pages, it was like right in the first paragraph, there were so many chemical equations. I just went, huh, must be good. You ready? Because there were things in there, Brother but I didn't have a clue. Now, can I just tell you today that that there, there are things that the Lord could have disclosed to you that would have been beyond you. As a matter of fact, he revealed things to Paul. He says, don't even tell people about. Why? Because God is particular and intentional in his revelation because he could have wowed you with things to make you stand in awe, but that's not why God gives you revelation. He didn't give you the Bible so that you could look at it and say, boy, I wish I could get something out of this. He came to tell you who he is and what he can do. I'll prove it to you. Let's just say, where's Sister Izzy at? Sister Izzy, I'm going to pick on you again. What if you were God and there was the book of Izzy, right? If you were God, what would you choose to reveal? You got 66 books. That's it. And you're going to reveal to all the people of all times what you want them to know about you. What would you reveal if you were God? 
See, what would be the most important things? Let me, let me show you how that would work. How many, how many stars are there? Okay, so uh, there was a guy, he's a professor at Ithaca College. His name's uh, Dr. Cornreach. He founded a, a thing at Cornell University called uh, Ask an Astronomer. And so someone asked him, how many stars, Dr. Cornreach, how many stars are there? He says, well, we're going to have to go rough estimate. He says, because if you've got a star that's really close to the earth, we don't know, except Brother Gene, that behind that star could be galaxies we don't even see. He says, so let's, let's be uh, safe. We're going to give a rough, rough estimate, and it's going to be really small. There are 10, he says, trillion galaxies that we can see in the universe. 10 trillion. He says, now you multiply that by the, the stars that we know, the round figure in the Milky Way. You ready? And there's 100 billion stars in the Milky Way. So you get 100 billion times 10 trillion. Now, what does that mean? Now, the math teacher's over there, so I have to be careful with my math or I'm going to get picked on when I get in the car. He says, there are one septillion stars. Now, what does that mean? You go a thousand, a million, a billion, a trillion, a quadrillion, a quintillion, a sextillion, and a septillion. It's a one with 24 zeros after it. Now, when you look at that, the Bible says, Brother Gene, God knows them all and calls them by name. But when you turn to Genesis, the only thing God says about the stars is he made the stars also. Why? It's no accident that the Bible takes more time to describe the creation of man than all of the rest of creation combined. Because even in the absence of revelation, God is trying to communicate that you're the most important thing to me. My eye is on you. I know it's on the sparrow. You ready? But I'm going to tell you, I am watching over your life. So there's purpose in revelation. You ready? You, he could have stunned us with revelation. And I was just urged to go down that road too much. I'm going to try to hasten on. But see, that's the first thing. The second thing is, what God is showing you is intentional because the moment of revelation is the opportunity for encounter. Now, let's see if I can do that. Now, I, now I don't know what this means, Brother Gene, because I pretend to be one. Theologians are mostly weird. I really think it's true. It's like they, they talk about God and they, when they start describing God, they get into all the omnis. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and, and that's all wonderful, right? It's the attributes that only belong to God. But then they do weird things. They just study it like it's like some theory up there, and they never do what the Bible does. And, and what's interesting is I think we get closer when we do it with song. Because when we start singing about the revelation of who God is, you ready? It's about us encountering that God. See, God doesn't want you to just know about his attributes. He wants to know, do you need something today? Now, now I'm, I'm going to help somebody if the, Lord, if the Lord will be with me. So when God describes his transcendent attributes, Brother Kelly, when he talks about his omnipotence and his omniscience, everywhere in Scripture, you see if I'm right, Rev, and you kind of come and get, eat my mail later if I'm wrong. But everything I've studied in the Scripture, when God talks about his transcendent attributes, the attributes that only belong to him, you ready? He always is talking about eminence. What does that mean, Brother Kilman? It means that when God describes who he is, it's only to describe how he's coming. 
going to help you. Because when you start thinking about the attributes of God, God is saying, I'm not talking about theory here. I'm not just bragging on myself. I'm asking you, do you need something from me? Okay. All right. Let's see if we can get there. Now, let's go to the scriptures. We'll go to Psalms real quick. Uh, Psalm chapter uh, 118, verses 1 through 6. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Now, I wish we had time. You guys okay? Let me, let me give you a little Hebrew. His, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Tov, uh, Brother Gene, Tov is uh, that Genesis thing. It's that echo in Genesis where God creates everything you need. It's about the faithful God. You, he doesn't, look, if you've got a situation that's bigger than he's anticipated, which is impossible, he can just create stuff. See, what he's saying, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his chesed is la'olam, his, his mercy, his covenantal faithfulness, the God that's in a relationship with you. You ready? It literally, Brother Kyle, it's to the age. He knows how to get you from point A all the way into eternity. So why are you worried about tomorrow? Why are you worried about the issues in your life if that's the God you serve? I'm not asking if you know about that. I'm asking, do you know who he is? If I get the revelation of who he is, I can look at my problems in a different perspective. I can understand my circumstances are all working for my good. But you can only do that if you know him. See, that's why, Brother Gene, you said it already. God's going to teach you some things and walk some things. Moses, I got some things I want you to do. I got to usher a whole two and a half million people into a promised land. So I got to demonstrate who, you ready? Who I am so that you can know who's walking with you. Because he doesn't have my today in view. He has my tomorrow and all my tomorrows in view. He's not restricted. to Now, let me be a little pointed here. He's not restricted to my poor little full desires and my prayers. He's got the long thing in view. And he knows how to build me for my destiny. He knows how to get me on the other side of the issues that I don't even know yet. And when you get a revelation of who that God is, I promise you, you'll lay your head on your pillow better at night. Your promises will, will speak to you powerfully in moments of prayer. When the Lord says things to you like you've already said it, Brother Gene, you can be comforted in the middle of distress by the knowledge of who He is. The psalmist goes on to say, let Israel now say, His mercy endureth forever because we've got to get the whole people of God saying this. Why? Because you're going to need it for you tomorrow. You're going to need that revelation now. He says, and let the house of Aaron now say, because we got to get all of you on the ministry team saying the same things. Why? Because you can't anticipate tomorrow. You don't even know how to get into your future. But if you just keep your hand in his hand, he is in control of all circumstances. Let them that now fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. See, and here's what the psalmist says. When you get that revelation working in your life, then you get the next verse. I called upon the Lord in distress. Why? Because I know who he is and his ear's not heavy. You ready? And the apostle says he's not far from any one of us if we just might have to feel after him. You ready? And find him. Okay, so how many of you believe Jesus is a burden bearer? Then can I ask you something this today? Why are you still carrying things this morning? 
Now, I know, I know we get busy and we love God and we, we're just trying to handle life, but you ready? God is sitting on the sidelines saying, when are you going to understand who I am? You ready? And believe me. Okay, now look, we could stop right here and have the altar call if I could get some of you to understand that the moment of revelation is the opportunity for encounter because we're not just talking theory here today. He is here today to work on your behalf and all you have to do is reach out to Him. My, 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 my. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can build you there. So revelation is opportunity. And if revelation is encounter, then why don't we come to him? Let's look at this. That's why the psalmist says something like this. I wish I could preach all day, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Brother Gene, how can I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and how operate without fear? I don't have to be in fear of any type of evil coming against me or my family. Oh, you ready? On my, in my life, in every aspect. How can I do that? Because I have knowledge and revelation that thou art with me. And God, if you're choosing for me to walk through this valley today, you ready? It's going to be okay because I know you're the one that directs my future. Let me help you today. Hell is not in charge of your life. Sickness is not in charge of your life. Pain is not in charge of your life. God knows right where you're at. You need to let that revelation comfort you. If you have to walk a little bit, all the days of my appointed time, will I wait? Why? Because I know my change is going to come. And that revelation will carry you through those moments and get you on the other side. Even the prodigal son, Brother Gene, when he gets in that pig pen, I wish I could say uh, that my son is 17. He's already asked me the questions. And I wish I could say I never walked away from God and never done things. And he's asked, asked me tough questions. And I'd had to say, yes, son. But, you know, and like a good dad will do, say, here's, here's the scars. You don't want to go down this road. Son. But you're ready even there when the prodigal finds himself in the pig pen. And he remembers what daddy's house is like. And he says, even the servants have it better than what I got. You ready? Brother Gene, that revelation is the opportunity for him to get up and walk back home. Can I just tell you, if you've been away from the Lord or if you need forgiveness today, you just need to understand daddy's house is still open. The door of opportunity in the church is still open. And if you need forgiveness today, there's forgiveness in the house of the Lord. There's love in the house of the Lord. There's blessing in the house of the Lord. And inasmuch as you believe that, I promise you, the doors of opportunity will be open. The question is, not is God ready to forgive. The question is, when are you going to get the revelation of who He is? He loves you today. Let me see if I can wrap up. Oh, my wife's going to pick on me. If you'll come to the music, it'll help me. It'll pressure me to quit. You guys okay? Let me, let me give you a couple of illustrations. So, Brother, brother, brother Kelly, the omniscience of God. What does that mean? We do weird things to kids. Like we sing Sunday school songs sometimes. I hope we sing them right. Like that song, there's an all-seeing eye watching you. There's an all-seeing eye 
Brother Mooney said he had this mean lady in the church, and she said, and your neighbor too, you know. What are we teaching children? There's an all-seeing eye watching. Is that what the psalmist is trying to describe? Let me, let me, let me just, we don't have time to go through it all. Let me just tell you, you go home and you, and you pick up the word of the Lord and look at Psalm 139, where it's talking about God's children. And he's talking about the all-seeing eye, not to, not to intimidate them, Brother Gene, but to show that that merciful God who knows us completely. Look at what the psalmist says, Thou knowest my downsetting. And mine uprising, now understandeth my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You know everything I've ever done and said and everything I've ever thought. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. How many of you have ever been kind of intimidated with the knowledge that God knows everything you've ever said and thought and done? But see, the point of the psalmist is God knows that and he wants a relationship with you anyway. You ready? What, what, what are you trying to hide from an omniscient God? You ready? But Kyle, his eye, he's there. But you ready? It's not to smash you. It's to say, honey, when are you going to invite me back into your problem? He knows right where you're at. You can come to him in your frailties and you can come to him in your humanity. And you already talked about Job today, Pastor. The Bible says in Job 23.10, but he knoweth the way that I take. And because of that, I can, I can endure the trying. I can endure the circumstances. Let me give you one more. The eternity of God. What does it mean that God always was? It's simple. It's not, it's not there to stagger our imagination. But when you look at the revelation of Scripture, Psalm 31, the, the psalmist captures it in verse 15. He's saying, you can come to know God as the one in whom uh, has our times in his hands. He says, my times, God, are in thine hands. You ready? And when I get that understanding, deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. What are you saying, Brother Kilman? There's somebody in, time, in charge of time's arrows. And you can rest in those moments of rockiness and downs and ups. And when David, you know, he's promised to be the king. But at the end of the day, Brother Gene, he's got to wait a long time because he's got that king's anointing on his head, but he's back to garden sheep. And then finally, when he becomes, he has to run for himself for 10 years. And, and when he's finally anointed, he's anointed as king, it's only in Hebron over one tribe. And he's got to wait another uh, few decades before he can even unite the children of Israel again. And what David is saying is, I, I know the will of God in my life. You ready? But I got to make sure that I don't get frustrated in the process of getting there. And I know some of you here today are saying, I have felt things in prayer, Brother Kilman, and I just don't understand why it hasn't come to pass. I'm going to tell you, things are on the calendar. The question is, can you walk in faith? The only way you can walk in faith is if you have revelation of who He is. There's a psychologist who's talking about Handel's Messiah. And it's a beautiful piece of work. I, I wish we had time to deal with Handel. Handel and a few other people tried to uh, save Brother Gene, uh, save Europe from paganism. And they did. They pulled it back. And sola de gloria on all of that work, you know, to the glory of God. And Handel's, uh, how many's ever heard of Handel's Messiah? It's a beautiful piece of work. Now, there's some controversy 
I'll go over here where the musicians are. They, they would say, when you, when you get to Handel's Messiah, at the end, it's almost always people stand and clap. And it's almost impossible for them not to, Brother Gene, because what Handel tried to do is capture in music and verse the power and majesty of God. And it's almost impossible for people not to respond. And the psychologist was saying, well, is that appropriate? Because they're going to go on and it interrupts kind of. And, 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 and again, the problem is that's Handel's intention. But then the sociologist goes on to say, when we're finished clapping, that's when the Pentecostals are just getting started. And what Handel tried to do in music, they begin to do in their worship. Why? Because we're not just singing songs today. We're not just quoting scriptures today. So, Come on, some of you old timers need to help some of these young people every once in a while and just stand to your feet with that confession of true knowledge of revelation and say, I know in whom I have believed. When, they, when the old timers used to say, Brother Gene, he's a lawyer in the courtroom, that wasn't hypothetical. When they said he's a doctor in the sick room, that wasn't hypothetical. Why? Because they needed him, you ready? And he showed up. Like the old the young preacher got up and read Psalm 23 and everybody clapped. And the elder minister got up and read Psalm 23 and everybody wept. And he, the young preacher looked at the elder preacher. He said, sir, he said, why did they clap for me and weep with you? He said, son, you know the psalm, but I know the shepherd. I'm just asking you today, do you know who he is? God didn't give you this book to awe you, but to invite you. My, my boy was just about two or three years old. And, and I thank you. I'm working you to death. Forgive me. But my boy was about two or three. Was he three? Three. And he walked into my, my, the, the bedroom where my wife was, or the living room. They were talking. And he said, Mama, why are we here? And he said, she said, well, buddy, our, our, we live here. Our stuff's here. We stay here. That's why we're here. This is our house. He said, no, Mommy, why is everything here? Now, that's a very different question. And she said, well, bud, you have to understand that God made the world. He created everything. And he created you. He created me. He created Dad. He created everything that you see. That's why we're here. And he says, you mean God built us? And she said, yeah, buddy, God built us. And he said, I've got to tell Daddy. Because can I give you the wisdom of a three-year-old boy? He built you. And when you get that revelation, it will speak powerfully to you. And you ready? You can't help but tell others. Stand with me today. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. He's dealing with some crazy stuff at Corinth. But then he goes on to give you the other side of the equation, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. You ready? Because without the Holy Ghost, you can't even know He's your Lord. Confession is not the issue. The question is, have you had an encounter? So now here's what I'm doing. I'm just going to stop today. But here's my invitation. If what you believe about your God is right, dear saint of God, what do you need today? And if He is here, why don't you respond? 
I'm just asking you to come and say, lift up your hands in faith and say to the Lord, God, if you're here today, I'm tired of wrestling with this by myself. I've carried a burden that was not meant for my shoulders, Lord. i got to cast it on you. And he's going to say, I've just been waiting for you to have enough faith to believe and to understand. My, 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 come on, all over this place. that's it. Let let, let your faith Lord, I want to believe you better, Lord. Help me to get my hands off his shoes, Lord, and let you just drive the bus. Come on, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have more peace of mind when you get your hand off the wheel and just let him direct your life. We trust you today. We trust you today. Come on, all over this place. If Jesus was here right now in person, what would you ask Him to do for you? What would you ask Him to do for your family? You ready? Then why don't you ask Him? Because He is here.